A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax. And think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hello Buglers, it's Andy Zoltzman with Top Stories, the greatest hit show from the Bugle archives. In at number one today, from January 2011, here I am with John Oliver, in issue 140 of the Bugle, entitled The Divorce of a Nation, where we toured some, um, can we say, struggling countries? Top story this week! If you're unhappy with the service your government is providing, please call 0800 go f*** yourself! <laughs> Andy, governments around the world this week have been uh, a little shaky, very much like a Polaroid picture. And let's take a, a look, this bugle, at some of the wobbliest governments Is it around. shaky like a Polaroid picture? Yeah, that's correct, yes. Sudan! Sudan, Andy's... I mean, it's such a strong brand when it comes to human devastation. Yeah, sure they're, is. They're up there with Market the best. Well, that's right. In fact, I truly believe you could say that Sudan and Afghanistan really are the Coke and Pepsi of misery. <laughs> but, but now, Sudan, Africa's biggest country and the one that has spent the last couple of decades attempting to become the dictionary definition of the word suffering, is considering splitting in two. Now, why do this? Is it because the country has become such a runaway success that the Monopolies and Mergers Commission have stepped in and told them to break up to encourage competition from other African states? Are they the Microsoft of Sub-Saharan Africa? <laughs> no. In fact, it's very nearly the exact opposite of that. And, Andy, you know things must be bad. Because their size was one of their main bragging rights. And now it looks like they're about to throw all of that away. Now, we're not the happiest country nor the most stable, nor the richest, nor the healthiest, nor the safest, but we are the biggest, <laughs> with the Big Mac of Africa. And just like the Big Mac, you really don't want to pay too much attention to what's going on inside us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, um, it's been an interesting few decades for uh, Sudan, ever since uh, mm -hmm. they kicked us out, basically. Pretty much uh, non-stop war, John, uh, since 1955, the first Sudanese civil war. That was... Uh, 55 to 72, solid 17-year job. Then the uh, mm -hmm. second Sudanese civil war, that was 83 to 2005. So uh, mm -hmm. 
That's, you know, I don't know what they did in the 11 years in between. They didn't just sat around yeah. twiddling their thumbs thinking, it just doesn't feel right. Just, yeah. who are we? We have no identity without a civil war. And also, the, of course, the Darfur con- conflict from 2003. So, of course. at one point, I mean, all of this certainly puts my dispute with the local council in Streatham about the spilt paint on the pavement outside our house into perspective. But well, no, well, that, that's still bad. Still yeah. bad, Andy. It's not a competition. That yeah. was still <laughs> awful, awful event. Um... Two civil wars at once. That is impressive multitasking, though, if nothing else. Yep. I mean, I can just about brush my teeth and hum Bon Jovi songs at the same time. That's about <laughs> it. Two civil wars <laughs> on the go at the same time. That's awesome effort. That is an awesome effort. So this this major landmark vote, as you say, was, was actually a condition of a 2005 deal to end almost 20 years of brutal conflict between the North and South. And you, you remember those conflicts. They, they were those conflicts that the world heroically tried to ignore, even when it seemed almost impossible. <laughs> there were times when it didn't seem that you could turn a blind eye anymore, Andy, but it just goes to show what the human spirit is capable of <laughs> when it's really determined not to pay attention to something. <laughs> and the roots of the Sudanese conflict, just like the roots of so many conflicts in the world, are basically Britain's fault. <laughs> it all comes back to us. We are the key ingredients in the root of so many recipes for unrest. Uh, like the rest of Africa, Sudan's borders were drawn up by colonial powers with very little regards to cultural realities on the ground. The maps were often drawn by extremely drunk men who accidentally <laughs> spilled either red wine, moustache wax, or both on the maps, <laughs> then quickly drew lines around the mess before they missed their grouse shooting appointment. <laughs> Fact, well, it's easy to really... criticise with hindsight, John. But, yeah. I mean, have you ever drawn, had to draw up a country's borders amidst competing vested interests <laughs> and a desire not to completely lose face politically? It's f***ing lot... It's, it is a f***ing of a lot trickier than it looks. I would love to, though. I feel like, <laughs> inherently, my bloodline means that I would like to do it. In fact, you can... You can trace almost any global conflict back to the roots of British imperialism. It's like playing six degrees of blame. It all boomerangs back to blighty. <laughs> Yeah, they split, uh, uh, Sudan was made up of uh, the north, uh, mostly Arabic-speaking Muslims, and the south made up of uh, various different ethnic groups, uh, a lot of them are Christian or follow local traditional religions. And clearly, John, we Brits, we were merely trying to help Sudan diversify, you know, have a, have yes. a thriving, culturally diverse culture, just helping people learn to live together by Melting pot. forcing them to live together. That's, yes. I mean, what is that? Is that so wrong? No, it's not wrong at all. It's basically Andy. exactly what we did in Wales, but more so. It feels so right. There's nothing that <laughs> feels more right as a British person than when you're just looking over a big map with a pen in your hand and then just start scribbling. There's nothing that feels more natural. So what Sudan must do now is essentially navigate a national divorce. And this will come with all the complexities and the emotional minefields of any divorce, the North and the South, are going to need to divide up their natural resources. They may want to spend, in fact, the next few weeks putting post-it notes on things that they each think are theirs. <laughs> you know, <laughs> CDs, books, villages, oil fields, waffle pans, that kind of thing. And they also need to make it very clear to the centre of Sudan that it is not their fault. <laughs> now, the North and South still love you very, very much. It's just that we don't want to be together anymore. Well, Maybe they'll... Maybe they'll have to try to arrange joint custody, where the centre of Sudan is with the south on weekends and holidays, and is with the north the rest of the time. <laughs> well, that is basically Don't... happening. Um, it's the, the region of Abye is in the middle <laughs> of Sudan, and how should they mark the uh, Su- South Sudan 
uh, independence referendum with an outburst of violence. So <laughs> yes, and they are they are actually going to have a referendum. Uh, they were scheduled to have a referendum to decide whether to join the North or the South, and that has now been postponed <laughs> indefinitely. So it is basically they will be basically handing over the people of Abia a motorway service station on Sunday mornings, well, one the, week the, on, one week off. And the the context of that is that uh, you, you probably just knows that the. The Abya is an extremely oil-rich area, <laughs> so that decision of where it's going to go is going to cause a great deal of pain to both the North and the South, who love it so much, Andy, it <laughs> and its natural resources so deeply. Now, I love Abya so much, I'd miss the little area terribly. <laughs> the North has been so abusive of him, I'd be frightened to leave them alone together. I really don't think the North is a fit parent for my beautiful, oily boy. <laughs> uh, the, um... In the south, there's, uh, the for former rebels have been running the uh, uh, South Sudan since the peace accord of 2005, and they've been accused of, um, hang on, let's make this a quiz. Have they been accused, these former rebels, of yes. A, okay. ploughing too much money into the arts? Uh, south okay. Sudan now has more fringe theatres than any <laughs> other country in the world. It's uh, possible. Will they be accused of trying to raise living standards of the poor too quickly, causing people to become yeah. giddy and overexcited, thus damaging That's productivity? That sounds good. Or C, were they accused of wasting money from South Sudan's lucrative oil fields on military spending? Any guesses? Um, I'm going to go with A, Andy. Was it the arts funding? It was not, uh, sadly not, John. Oh. It, was, it was C, and today's prize, if you got that answer right, is a numbing sense of the inevitability of life. <laughs> Although, <laughs> wow, that is, that, that is a punchline, Andy. <laughs> <laughs> That is, that is a punchline. <laughs> now, oh, the truth is that it's going to be very hard to have anything resembling an amicable, amicable uh, divorce when both parties have disputed ownership of massive oil reserves. The most likely outcome is that they both need to hire expensive celebrity divorce lawyers because both sides have some pretty nasty shit on the other side that neither would like to see come out in court. Uh, do you want me to tell them about that night that you massacred 120,000 villages? I didn't think so. I'll have the oil field alternate Christmases, <laughs> shall I? But the good thing is that as a result of this, uh, the uh, Sudan could be off the American list of terrorist states as soon as July. And Ooh, uh, in an article nice. on uh, on Reuters uh, uh, by the world's greatest living journalist, that is, if your only criterion for judging how great journalists are is by how incredible their names are, this article was written by <laughs> Ophira McDoom. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so you can see my point. <laughs> Wow, That's I tell you, what, work, you, isn't it? you really gave that a big build-up, and I was thinking <laughs> this this can only be a disappointment. And then it it was even better than you claimed it would be. Anyway, Afira McDoom reported that yes. uh, that uh, if the referendum results are accepted peacefully by both sides, then Sudan will be officially moved onto the not that naughty uh, anymore list. Mm -hmm. It's been on the terrorist list since 1993 for harbouring uh, real dickbags like Carlos the Jackal and Osama bin Laden, uh, but. Mm -hmm. It could soon follow Libya down that familiar path from nasty terrorists to oil-rich trade partner. And that, that is a yep. key, it's such a fine line. It is such a fine line. Another twist uh, to this uh, story is that only Southerners are eligible to take part in this poll, which means that the result is almost certain to be in favour of independence. Uh, voting will last for seven days to allow everyone to vote, and uh, assuming that the verdict is to secede, Africa's newest country will come into being on the 9th of July, 2011, and will be the world's 193rd country. We're so, we're so tantalisingly close to the 200th country, Andy. <laughs> it's, it's almost worth 
destabilising a few more African countries <laughs> just to go for the record. <laughs> Ivory Coast looks like it might go any second. <laughs> Tunisia's wobbling. You know, we might not be that far away. <laughs> Thank you, Buglers. Why not listen to the latest episode of Catharsis with Tiff Stevenson in your podcast feed now. 